Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. We'll be talking about Biden's plan to buy American. Can he make it happen? And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of Father the Leader and its great sequel, Shake the Money Tree, two great murder mysteries located in Washington, D.C. It is February the 2nd, and on this day in 1971, one week after toppling the regime of Ugandan leader Milton Obote, Major General Idi Amin declared himself president of Uganda and chief of the armed forces. Head of the uh, Ugandan army and air force since 1966, he seized power while Obote was out of the country. Ruling directly, Amin soon revealed himself as an extreme nationalist and tyrant. In 1972, he launched a genocidal program to purge Uganda of its Longo and Akoli ethnic groups. Later that year, he ordered all Asians to leave the country, and some 60,000 Indians and Pakistanis fled, thrusting Uganda into economic collapse. A Muslim, he reversed Uganda's friendly relations with Israel and sought closer ties with Libya and the Palestinians. In 1976, he made himself president for life and stepped up his suppression of various ethnic groups and political opponents in the military and elsewhere. In 1978, Amin invaded Tanzania in an attempt to annex the Kangara region and divert attention from Uganda's internal problems. In 1979, Tanzania launched a successful counteroffensive with the assistance of Uganda National Liberation Front and a coalition of various armed Ugandan exiles. Amin and his government fled to the, the country, and Obote returned from exile to reassume the Ugandan presidency. Amin re, uh, received asylum from Saudi Arabia. He's believed to have been responsible for the murder of as many three, as 300,000 Ugandans, though he never stood trial for his crimes. He ended up dying in Saudi Arabia in 2003. What a, you can see how quickly power can turn, and again... Uh, a seizing power. Fortunately, we have the U.S. Constitution. We don't lack people who would like to do what he did, but we certainly have the Constitution as separation of powers to protect us from such crimes. Well, the uh, Florida Department of Health reported 57 new COVID-19 cases and no additional deaths in Cuyahoga County on Monday. Boy, the numbers are really dropping here in Cuyahoga County. The moving seven-day average for cases was 129 through Sunday. Less 3% less than the average on December the 15th. Monday, there were 79 COVID patients in Cuyahoga County hospitals with plenty of beds for folks. So, again, when it comes to flattening the curve, we've done a good job all through this pandemic. In fact, I'm sure Cuyahoga hospitals would like to have a little bit more business. Well, the city of Naples has received nearly 20 complaints as of January the 27th concerning businesses and restaurants not complying with city's mask requirement resolution passed in December. None of the 18 complaints have resulted in notices of violation or fines, according to the city. In a report to the Naples City Council on January the 20th, Acting Director of Community Services Mike Leslie said the city has seen about 80% to 90% of the public in compliance with the city's mask requirement at big events. So still, though, you can see there's room for people to make their own decisions about masks without uh, fines or, or uh, hassles from Mask Nazis in Naples, so <clears throat> that's a good thing. Uh, well, speaking of which, Dr. Anthony Fauci has contradicted himself on his advice for mask wearing practices once again, is now saying there's no data that indicates wearing two masks is better than wearing one. There are many people who feel if you really want to have extra bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, he said, but there's no data that indicates the double masking is going to make a difference, and that's why the CDC has not changed their recommendation. That's what he said on Sunday. Well, the comment is uh, changed from uh, the tune that he uh, made just last week when he suggested double masking is a good idea. 
Early this week, Fauci recommended on NBC News Today that wearing two masks would add extra protection from the coronavirus. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense, doesn't it? Well, that's the reason why you should see people either double masking or doing a version of N95, he continued. He said multiple times earlier during the start of the pandemic that wearing masks was not effective as a protect, a protecting against coronavirus at all and advised against the practice entirely. Our fast needed, he was asked. Absolutely not, he said. People should not be walking around with masks. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. He explained in March on 60 Minutes, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a droplet but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and people keep touching their face, he continued. Uh, well, and uh, my understanding is the CDC has said there's absolutely no proof that a mask it helps at all. No definitive proof of that. Nevertheless, we're all masked up, aren't we? And people are wearing them because of fear. Again, uh, wearing a mask is like building a chain link fence in order to keep mosquitoes out. Just doesn't work. Take care of your immune system. That's the key. Get plenty of sleep. Express gratitude for what the universe has provided for you and uh, be grateful. That'll do a lot more than wearing a mask. Well, it's the first ever digital iteration of the Naples Winter Wine Festival and it raised $7.2 million, which is pretty amazing. The 2021 festival, founded by the Naples Children Education Foundation, comprised an online auction January the 22nd through uh, February the 2nd and an hour-long broadcast on Wink detailing and the uh, NCEF's mission and impact on January 30th and an invitational-only virtual auction following the televised event. Last year's 20th anniversary festival brought in more than $20 million and with this year's funds, the festival's raised nearly $220 million over the years for NCEF, which provides strategic annual grants and initiatives to help underprivileged and at-risk children in Collier County. It's a terrific organization and what they've done, $220 million. And uh, the, the money is really doled out in a very strategic and careful way. It's a great organization and really appreciate those that even on a virtual a wine festival raised $7.2 million. Just amazing. Well, President Joe Biden met with 10 Republican senators at the White House on Monday to discuss bipartisan coronavirus relief package. Thanks for coming down. I'm anxious for us to talk, he said. Let's see what we can do. Well, they, after they got together, the 10 of them, they found out they couldn't do anything. He wants to do a $1.9 trillion package. But uh, the Collins and the other senators that came down, Republican senators, said they wanted to do a $618 billion coronavirus package. Uh, the president wants to stack in all kinds of relief for uh, states to bail out uh, re Democrat states and do all kinds of things that won't do anything to help the pandemic. I think the, uh, the uh, pr package proposed by the Republicans is pretty responsible, but they're miles apart, and I don't think they're going to say anything soon. But at least they met, and they're talking about it. Non-voters and registered Democrats were among those who were arrested on January the 6th at the Capitol protest and analysis of voting records show. The January 6th event, which has been overwhelmingly branded as a pro-Trump protest, sparked the second impeachment of former President Trump, but as Democrats primarily blamed him for incitement of insurrection after he delivered a speech to supporters earlier in the day. Now, once during the speech, did Trump encourage supporters to engage in acts of lawlessness and destruction? You may be aware that uh, there's evidence that this thing was planned, and in fact, that people were starting to gather before the event in order to uh, attack the Capitol. Well, it's you know I, I firmly believe it's not Trump voters and supporters that did this, but uh, others who planned to do it, Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter, and others. Uh, many of these people who uh, attacked the Capitol weren't even voters. So interesting. Uh, I think this will all come clear, and uh, we'll see justice done. But the president right now is, in his plan, he's planning to uh, go through the voter fraud that he's seen in this impeachment trial, and he doesn't care whether he's convicted or not. What he cares about is seeing that people understand what the truth is about these voting elections and the election fraud, in my opinion. Donald Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, again, for not starting any wars while he was in office. 
This guy, Jack Madison, a member of a right-wing populist party, claimed he was nominated the former president for having contributed to ensuring stability in the Middle East. Pretty, I think it's worthwhile. And also, uh, attorney Alan Dershowitz has nominated Jared Kushner for a Nobel Peace Prize for the former White House senior advisor's work on negotiating normalization deals between Israel and four Arab nations. Might point out also that Black Lives Matter was nominated for a Peace Prize as well, if you can believe that. Well, last story on this segment. Uh, births across a number of states have plummeted over the course of the Chinese coronavirus. This is a big surprise to me. A uh, crisis has inflicted an economic catastrophe as a result of the government-mandated lockdowns and new data reveals. Uh, data from Arizona, California, Florida, Hawaii, and Ohio, published by Bloomberg, shows significant drops in births. Some of the largest decline incurred nine months after coronavirus lockdowns began. Can you believe that? I would have expected the opposite. There have been more than 50,000 fewer births in the five states compared to the same time in 2019. The, deaths, uh, the birth rate has been dropping since 1971, and we, are, we do need to have immigration or increase the birth rate. I'll point out that the Hungary's Prime Minister, Viktor Oban, implemented a pro-family agenda to increase his nation's birth rate among a similar rapid decline. And so uh, he's giving tax incentives and all kinds of things in order to make this happen. And all the uh, birth rate is going up. So perhaps we should do the same thing. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Makes a difference when I pot up the microphone <laughs> before I start talking. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social network introduced to me by a friend. Then you can download an app by visiting choicesocial.us. It's, check it out. It's pretty interesting. 
Uh, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So you're up in Tallahassee preparing for the next legislative session? Yes. Um, it's committee weeks now, and uh, so the committees are reviewing bills and uh, to get them through the process. Uh, and we're also, the, the budget committees are meeting uh, starting next week to over the governor's proposed budget and to uh, start working on our individual silos budget so that we could kind of bring it in for landing, as they say, uh, during session. It sounds so interesting. The governor has promoted, I believe, increased spending in education, yet as we've talked previously, we're going to be billions of dollars short because of uh, what's happened with the pandemic. Any thoughts on that? Well, um, at this point, you know, the governor's uh, um, estimation of our revenues for this year uh, differs uh, than the, the Senate and Houses. Mm. And that's not unusual. Um, we have our own uh, uh, people on our staff who that's what they do for a living, they, you know, bean counters, I guess is a way to describe them. And they, the governor has his own. Uh, at some point, we're, as we go through the process, we'll figure all that out. Uh, he has a very robust uh, bill, I mean, a uh, 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 budget for education, uh, raising the base student allocation by a couple hundred dollars, um, which is a big one because that has long-range impact. One of the things the governor did do in his, in his budget is he took into account uh, funds that we have received and will be receiving or anticipated to receive from the federal government. Mm. Um my, uh, I understand uh, the method there. The, the way I look at it is if you're going, if you're going to take that into consideration in your budget, you've got to realize that that's a one-shot deal. Um, I don't, the, the federal government is not going to come back and give us additional dollars in uh, 2022. So, what, you know, if you're going to use the, the federal dollars, they have to be for things that are imminent and pay for them, and then they're done. Yeah. Things like increasing the base student allocation, that's, that goes on uh, in the future. And so the question is, will we have the dollars in the future to cover, cover a, a shortfall that could arise? And, you know, that's just a, a policy decision that we have to yeah, make. Yeah, well, I guess uh, just uh, my knee-jerk reaction is hopefully with the recovery, we'll start to see an increase in the revenue to cover these things. Right. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, so interesting. I, the other question is, uh, what, what about cash flow? Will this government money be coming in in order to meet today's spending needs, or will it be deferred like many times it is with hurricanes? Well, we have um, we still have a uh, rainy day fund, if you will, mm. and <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. and so that's what we have been dipping into, and the governor's budget and and hopefully ours will as well replenishes the um, those those funds. We all, and in fact, we should continue to build those funds because, as you, as you mentioned, we, you know, if we have an, a, a big hurricane, it's going to cost a lot of money, and we're going to need to advance the dollars from our um, our funds. Absolutely. So, can you uh, show your hand a little bit? I mean, are you what, what kinds of big things are you seeing in terms of proposed legislation? Well, one of them, um, as you and I talked about earlier, is uh, the education. Uh, it's a big education bill that uh, uh, takes a lot of, we have about six or seven different scholarships, uh, uh, basically uh, standardizes them um, and puts them in, in one uh, scholarship pot. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think a lot of people think that's a good idea because, uh, you know, parents particularly don't even know which ones to go to. Right. So that's one thing. Um, and there's a lot more. Uh, provisions in there for a choice for parents. Uh, it's a big bill that's, that's just starting to go through the process. We uh, also have a number of bills uh, that are uh, tort, tort reform related, one of which is, uh, and it's become controversial, interestingly enough, is repealing our, uh, our no-fault insurance law. One of the, there are only two states in the country that still have that, the, mm. the PIP, they call it. And um, that's going to be heard uh, in committees, uh, and I'm getting emails from people who are saying, why are you doing that? And, and the reality is, with the way our current system is, people are underinsured. So when they have an accident, there's just not enough money to pay for all the damages. Hmm. And so that's, that's a reform that we're looking at. 
We're also looking at property insurance reform, which is a big deal because, um, and I don't know if you've seen your insurance bill recently, but the property insurance rates skyrocketed, uh, mainly due to fraud and claims, um, Hmm. roof claims and the like, uh, that are causing um, a a huge increase. So we're going to try to tackle that this session. So these are some really big initiatives. Yeah, it sounds like it, and uh, it's so interesting. This, uh, I, I know that uh, hopefully whatever scholarship programs we come up with and uh, for school choice, that'll be uh, more communication and promotion. I know the Hope Scholarship has been underutilized, which is unfortunate because when you match the claims of bullying and the things that are happening in schools with the, with the uh, people that have, re- I'm sure, I, I'm guessing most parents in those situations didn't even know about the Hope Scholarship. That's that's right. Um, and so when they're all bundled together, then it's sort of one place to go. Yeah. That'd so be, that should be helpful. Absolutely. Again, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, I just genuinely appreciate your taking time for our listeners today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortson will be joining us. That more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. 261-8239, Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortson, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, and it's my pleasure. And I have to tell you, Bob, I caved in. I caved in to getting the shot hysteria. <laughs> so you got. I your... wasn't going to do it. Nope, I wasn't. I was relaxed. I didn't care. And then somebody sent me a uh, uh, a link to getting shots in Miami, and I initially read it. And I thought, no way am I going to do that. So I later on in the afternoon. I was sitting in the car waiting for somebody, and I'm scrolling through my emails, and I clicked on it and thought, well, this is a joke. And I was doing it just to kill time. A woman answered. She said, I'll get you an appointment. I was kind of like, really? Yeah. Because going on Eventbrite and going on the public thing is a nightmare. 
trust me. Yeah. And uh, so I said, oh, okay. You know, I almost thought it was a joke, like a scam. Huh. Well, I'll find out if it's a scam because off we go today. You're driving over to Miami. Yep. Wow, that's... Wow, it's so interesting. Well, first of all, getting a point, getting a, a, a time to do that is uh, very frustrating for folks that are very concerned about getting the shot as soon as possible. I had a guy we were at dinner, a friend of mine came by. He says, "We got a flu shot." As if you know, I'm supposed to be envious. <laughs> and, well, I know it, but that's kind of the mentality that people are using like it's a badge of honor that they've gotten it. Yeah. So I'm in no hurry. You know, quite frankly, uh, the number of cases is down here in Collier County. And we're starting to kind of think dissipate. I'm, I'm sure it could come roaring back. Who knows? But uh, my attitude is, uh, you know, this is just about like the flu in terms of its uh, how lethal it is or how it, it's more contagious than the flu. But my attitude is keep a healthy immune system demonstrate gratitude in your life be grateful for the many blessings that we have uh, breathe deeply and get plenty of sleep and uh, that i think will take if i get it hopefully i won't uh, die from it but uh, we'll see yeah well and i'll add to that list of gratitude is uh drink good wine hey. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely yeah you don't want to drink swill for sure <laughs> <laughs> no, not at this age. You don't. You don't have that many nights left. Hey, a, are you into the Super Bowl? It's coming up. I mean, do you care less? What? How do you feel about? It? Is it kind of a non-event? Well, it uh, in one way it is, but I, you know, I, Tom Brady. I was a, a Patriots fan and followed him for years, and now he's there with the Tampa Bay. And uh, I certainly want to see Tom do well. Of course, he's up against tough competition. It's going to be a good game. Mahomes is a great quarterback, and they have a terrific team. I think it's going to be a great game. I will say uh, that I do miss uh, games on Sunday. That uh, we used to, we have this week separating. We have an extra week separating the games, and uh, I found myself wondering what the heck should I watch today on <laughs> on Sunday. So yeah, I, I guess I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Not not going to be socializing though. We'll just be uh, here watching it together. What well, about what about you? There? No, I'm having twelve people. You are. Yeah. So here's yeah. what here's what happens when you have twelve people. Usually, uh, most the people start talking, and the games uh, the game itself becomes kind of a uh, imposition on the discussions <laughs> that are going on. Oh, there's no question about it. Absolutely. Most of the women will sit out on the porch, I, you know, to tell you the truth. I don't even know who's playing. I know Tampa and <laughs> what I think Kansas City. Yeah. So, oh, no. For women, it's an hour of socializing or a couple hours of socializing. And the men, you know, they're so happy to be watching a sport. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the way it goes. But, you know, it'll be fun. But yeah. see, that shows you the inconsistencies of all of this. Are you supposed to be alone? Yeah, probably. Am I? Nope. Yeah. Well, and of course, you, you're getting your shot now, so you're getting some some level of immunity. Oh, by the way, to, to list of things, I you know, take some zinc and take some uh, vitamin D every day. I think that's another thing that we all should do uh, to uh, keep keep our immune system good and to fight off the coronavirus. So uh, anyhow, good uh, good luck on your trip over there to get the shot. It's uh, it's kind of curious how. People, you know, we focused, here's a strange thing to me. We focused so much on this coronavirus. Flu, the rate of flu uh, cases is down 99.5% here in the United States. 27 cases uh, on the week of January 23rd versus over 14,000 14, uh, the same week last year. What, you know, what's going on, obviously, is they're combining the flu with the uh, coronavirus and also with pneumonia. The CDC reported that, and of course, when it comes to oh, death, yeah. it, it's just can't you see how that is is possible with everybody wearing a mask and washing their hands? Right. Well, you mean because because less people are getting it because uh, people are taking more care with their health. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. Well, well, I mean that's what I think. I don't know how how legitimate that is, but. Mm -hmm. You know, usually in the winter, people drop like flies from the flu. Right. And now, you don't hear many people getting it. Yeah. Well, again, suspicious as I am, uh, I, I think they're combining flu with coronavirus in the statistics, as well as pneumonia, by the way. And the CDC actually said that. 
They actually claim that that's what they're doing this year. They have, actually have a, an acronym for it. I think it's PIC, uh, which is pneumonia, influenza, and coronavirus. So that's a PIC st- statistic. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Again, another example of misinfor- misinformation. Yep. Where's Trump when we need him and his tweets? <laughs> and uh, speaking of tweets, do you know how many tweets he sent out during his four years in office? Well, I have no idea, but it's got to be thousands. 26,000. That's in four years, right? That's amazing. Isn't that something? Well, 8,000 a day. I mean, that's. 8,000 a year, 8,500 a year, and uh, with 365 days, well, that's a lot of tweets per day. I know. 26,000 tweets. Yeah. Now we don't have him to kick around. No, we sure don't. And you know what? It's so interesting to me, but even though he's gone, that's, people still hate him. They're still, <laughs> still spending a lot of energy around Donald Trump for some reason. I, there, it's, I have a, a sense that if, if, in fact, they didn't have him to gang up on, uh, they wouldn't have anything to do at all. No, you know, even Saturday Night Live, have you been reading about that? No, not at all. Okay, so the last four years, 90% of the skits on Saturday Night Live uh-huh. were critical of Donald Trump. It all revolved around, it was all satire based on Donald Trump, right. the last four years, all the shows. Now they don't have him. So wouldn't you think that they would start on another president, the new one, Biden? I mean, good knows he's given us enough ammo to go after him as well. Right. Nothing. Yeah. They never brought up Biden. I must say, I mean, the mainstream media, the press, uh, Hollywood, everybody is just so grateful that Trump is gone. I mean, Trump, I mean, because of his style and, and how he handled things, he was doing so many great things. But actually, it's like the deep state uh, expunge this thorn in their side after four years, and, and they're just breathing a sigh of relief that things are back to normal, normal uh, <laughs> bad government, the normal uh, deals being made, the lack of interest in what's happening for the public. This, oh, the things that Biden's doing right now, he has demonstrated. Has he once said, you know, we want to make, we want to do what's best for the American people? That's not his focus. What do you think his focus is? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's focused on appeasing those that got him into office, and uh, you know the, the special interests that include the uh, climate change and all this nonsense. That's what he's focused on, as opposed to, hey, what do you folks want? You you know what what do we want? Of course, what we want is we want a rising stock market. We want uh, things made in America. We want things uh, to we want uh, immigration, but we want it to be legal. We want uh, and I could go on lower taxes. Uh, what do you think? What would you want? All of the above. Yeah. I want all of that. But I think that's pie in the sky with this administration. Of course. Yeah. It's, you which, know, he's so busy trying to undo right now everything that Trump did that, I mean, that's his current obsession right now. I, I can't watch it. I can't. I can't. I need a break. I, you know, I needed a break from Trump because he was so bombastic mm-hmm. that sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he even said something like this. <laughs> but this administration is just, I don't know, it's scary. To me, it's scary. Yeah, you know, I guess, uh, and uh, people don't like Trump. I get it. But, you know, when I, uh, Obama was such a smooth talker and, you know, his velvet tones and everything like that, and he's taken us right down the tubes for eight years now. Uh, Trump comes in and he's bombastic, he's irritating and all those types of things, but he's doing all the right stuff to make America great again. And everything that happens yes. with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Biden, I call him O-Biden, but everything that Biden's doing, it's, it's kind of tearing oh, down right. what Trump built, but I, I'm sure he's yes. a more pleasant person and all that nonsense, but uh, what does that do for us? Nothing. Does that put money in our pocket? It doesn't. I don't think so. Yeah. Boo Mortensen, it, I must say it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I refer to it as the lighter side of the show because we do so much policy <laughs> and politics, but I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks for joining us. Well, my pleasure, and I'll let you know what today is like. Okay, good luck with the flu shot, Boo. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006 and I now have full range of motion in both knees and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. Uh, he's a former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good windy morning, sir. Yes, it is. Windy and cloudy out there. <laughs> seeing some sunbeams breaking through those, so maybe the weather will break. Uh, uh, I, I like I like a break in the wind, please. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It is blowing. So, so tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and uh, yeah, it's a big task. Things are going south on us for sure. Yeah. So, so you're, I love your columns, Seton. Your writing is tremendous. Most of your columns in, you. are in uh, red uh, red state. But your latest is about Biden saying, Lay, you want to buy American? Well, he's making it impossible for anything to be made in America. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I wrote about this before uh, when, he, when he said he was talking about, uh, you know, build back better. And, and I said he, his slogan should be build back never because <laughs> everything he's going, this is when he, during the campaign, everything he's going to do is antithetical to doing anything in America. And, of course, now he's been elected, and he's talking about buy American. Well, that was what Trump was all about. Well, he's stealing all the talking points from Trump, mm -hmm. but doing the exact opposite of what Trump did to make it happen. Uh, Trump's buy American was not, we're going to mandate you buy uh, American products. What Trump was doing was reducing regulations, reducing taxes, um, making it more attractive to do business here, which will make more business uh, appear here, which then, of course, makes it easier to buy American because there's more of a choice to do that. Right. Well, you've got Biden crushing the lower and middle class with the combination of a fit, well, he's talking about a $15 minimum wage combined with importing millions more illegal aliens from Central and South America and making them legal citizens. So... That's a complete crush of the lower and middle classes doing, you know, getting jobs in the United States. He's massively ramping up regulations with these, uh, you know, his Pez dispenser uh, issuing of executive orders, which makes it worse for businesses to do business here. And then, uh, and then, and now he's talking about jacking taxes uh, for, you know. Not just income taxes, but all the regulatory sure. and, 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 you know, the carbon tax. We're going to tax carbon. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, the, the uh, <laughs> erstwhile transportation secretary, wants to tax 
per mile driven. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Which of course is great for long haul truckers, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, all of these things make everything harder to make, harder to build, harder to grow. Yeah. And more expensive to do all of the above. Yeah. See, and then he wants to mandate that we buy American. Well, what what's left that's going to be made in America with with this panoply of regulations and taxes? That he's dropping on anybody that works or does business in the United States. Yes. Yeah, so, see, if you think about yourself as a business owner, if your uh, business is all about taking risks, risk and reward, if you're, uh, uh, for, for example, in agriculture or in uh, manufacturing, watching what's going on with the Trump administration, would you be encouraged by that and want to expand your business, or would you tend to turtle and pull in your horns and? Well, uh, the way you just described it made me made me think of a new way to to describe it. What he's doing is, you know, it's risk and reward. He's raising the risk. Right. For, meaning the, 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 the risk gets harder and harder because you've got to pay more for your employees. There's, there's more regulations. There's more taxes. So the risk rises. And should you happen to run the gauntlet and actually succeed, the reward is lowered. Right. Because he's going to tax the heck out of you. If and when you actually do succeed at something, so the risk is greatly enhanced, the reward is greatly diminished, and people are going to look at this and go, "Why am I going to do this here?" Now, um, I, I wrote a line almost twenty years ago that I'm still very proud of. If I invite you into my house and and then beat you about the head and shoulders with a bat, I should at least have the decency to not act surprised when you get up and leave. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, where are you going? Why are you leaving? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, know, too. Here's the thing, too. Regulating the crap out of me and making it impossible to do business. Yeah. So yeah, I'm leaving. Two, Why two, are you surprised? Two points. The number one is, uh, for example, with all this regulation, you know, big businesses don't mind it. I mean, it's an irritation, but they know it's going to help put their smaller competitors out of business. So, uh, it, which which just makes, uh, of course, their market larger. The second point is this $15 minimum wage. There's no, the, the minimum wage is nothing. If you don't have a job, you're not earning money. And so right. w- what happens is it reduces the, the, the uh, working uh, cl- of people because many employers are going to decide not to hire. They're going to try to use... And cut staff they already have. Exactly. So, I mean, this, all this is doing to and your... And then combine that with, hey, let's invite all of Central and South America in, too. Yeah. Uh, Where are they going to work? Exactly. So this is a, this is all about. I I loved President Trump's focus on make America great again. Focus for America first. Right now, what we're seeing is let's make America last. Everything he comes in, he comes in with a. He says, you know, there's no plan right now for the vaccine. Where hey, President Trump had a great plan. He was doing a terrific well, job. Well, two things. One, he ran on Trump has Biden ran on Trump has no plan. Right. I have a plan. Right. Then he comes in and says, I'm going to do a million vaccines a day. Well, right. Trump's already doing that. 1.5 million, um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, the, 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 the virus is going to take its own trajectory. We can't do anything about it. Wait a minute. You ran saying you had a plan that was different than Trump's right. and better than Trump's. Now you're saying you had no plan, and what Trump is, all you're going to do is pick up where Trump left off. Right. The the only the only hope we have right now is that we have strong people in Congress that can resist. Right now, we had uh, ten senators, Republican senators. We have none. Yeah. I mean, if we had any strong anybody in Congress that was worth a darn, there'd be there'd be all kinds of filings of of, of censure of the or something of the president for for setting the global record for executive orders. Nobody's done anything except issue press release. Well, and of course, uh, this uh, woman, Green, I've I forgotten her full name. But... Mary, Mary Taylor Green. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get rid of her if you get rid of Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, <laughs> uh, Hank Johnson, uh, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. They have a whole contingent of crazy people in their... In their and then th- this is the only person we're hearing about. Uh, you, you're right, Seton. Well, right now, I mean, uh, fortunately... Uh, the attorney general in Texas, for example, is taking a stand with regard to immigration. And by the way, he's winning. So uh, there is some. Well, he won in one little court thing. Yeah. You know, um, it, that, that that'll be appealed and and probably overturned. Unfortunately, Ken Paxton's a good dude. I I, you know, I lived in Texas for ten years. I actually knew a girl 
who was his communications director on his campaign. So I, I know I, I know Ken decently well. He's a very good guy. That was a, that was a very helpful ruling. But again, my favorite ruling so far is going back to the vision. By, uh, Obama creates DACA, the Deferred Action on, on Childhood Arrivals, with a stroke of a pen, with an executive order, which is creating a whole new status of immigration all by himself, no Congress, gets sued and says it's okay. Trump writes an executive order to simply overturning Obama's executive order and restoring the rule of law as passed by Congress. And the judge and the court says, Supreme Court says, you can't do that. Oh, and you know why? You know what they cited? Because Trump has a bad attitude. No, they said it, it, was, it was his thoughts. He yeah, had bad was... thoughts when he was doing this. Yeah. It, you can't make this stuff. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your very well-informed commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. You as well. Thank you. Seaton doesn't seem so optimistic about what's going to happen in the future. I have a little bit more optimism, but uh, we'll see how this all plays out. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. Jim is a former Barron's Washington Bureau chief and author of a couple of great murder mysteries, Follow the Leader, and its sequel, Shake the Money Tree. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity maximize your tax deduction support your favorite charity and help a local child in need by calling naples auto donation center naples auto donation center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer just call nadc at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there you get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs, and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840. Or visit the website, nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. One of their programs is to uh, get people off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. We have with us Jim McTagg. As I mentioned before the break, he is a former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of two great murder mysteries, Follow the Leader and its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, both located in Washington, D.C. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure, Bob. I want to remind you, too, that I wrote a nonfiction book about the stock market in 2011 called Crapshoot Investing. Right. Uh, how savvy investors and clueless regulators turned the stock market into a casino. So um, It still rings uh, true, Jim. I'll tell you, you know, in fact, thanks for pointing that out. It is a great read. And it points out the high-speed traders. I read the book, and uh, I just still think they have great influence on what's happening in the markets. Oh, they certainly do. I mean, uh, the, the high-speed traders actually made money off of the transactions of uh, the, um, the, I'll call them a mob lovingly, uh, the, the, the GameStop mob that, uh, yeah. so let's that talk, stuck let, it to the short sellers. Let's, let's, let's talk about that because two stocks that in my, or three, four stocks that in my view are pretty mediocre and uh, didn't have a lot of investment appeal uh, but these guys thought that uh, Melvin Capital Management and others had shorted these stocks, and they wanted to. They well, well I guess uh, Melvin Capital Management lost fifty-three percent on this Game Stock uh, stop uh, stock. Uh, what are your thoughts about all this? Well, you know, I have. Well, first of all, the people behind this. Uh, there's a guy named Keith Gill from Massachusetts. If you, if you 
he started this trend on a social media site. If you look at Keith Gill, he looks like a character out of uh, Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has he, he looks like a hippie from the seventies, but he's a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, uh, and when you look at the strategy, it seems brilliant in retrospect. But when he when he set out, he didn't really have this particular strategy in mind. He knew uh, they knew that the uh, short sellers use phantom shares mm-hmm. to drive down. Uh, the prospects of a company. And what that means is, uh, let's say a, a game stock has uh, so many millions of shares outstanding, which is called float. Uh, the short sellers are allowed, for some reason, to short more than, than the existing number of, of stock. Now, so just to so, interject, if I might, the brokerage firm is literally supposed to borrow shares from an investor who is long in the stock. So, and to cover the loan of the stock to the guys that's selling it short, uh, but they don't do that. They I know just they, they sell just, it short. They just uh, they don't keep track of that at all. So to your point, what they're doing is they're actually selling, allowing more short sales than they have stock to cover it. Right. So what that creates in the market is massive leverage. Now, now what's fun about this? And I didn't have a clear understanding of what was going on until I watched a, a, a silly Netflix series called Emily in Paris, which is a, about a goofy American girl who works for a Parisian marketing firm. And she happens to be like a, uh, have superpowers of social media. So that whenever Emily goes on social media and clicks something, she immediately has a million followers and they do whatever Emily does. Mm. Well, essentially, Keith Gill. <laughs> is the Emily in Paris of the stock movement. He would go online and he invested fifty thousand dollars in GameStop or GameStop and he posted a uh, screenshot of his holdings online. And as they increased and other people piled in, uh, you know, he said, Let's stick it to the short sellers. And he, he his fifty thousand dollar investment mushroomed at a peak to thirty three million dollars. Isn't that and unbelievable? Post- Isn't that on this this crummy stock, GameStop. <laughs> it's just amazing that he was able to do that. It's because the short sellers had to cover, and uh, and that would mean these uh, large hedge funds because they they are held the stock or they were shorted the stock, and the 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 possibility of losses are unlimited. If the stock continued to go up, it just increases the loss for uh, Melvin Capital Management, for example. So they had to get out, and and uh, they also had to get out because they have uh, a certain amount of uh, money that they can borrow before they have to before they have to get out, right? And because they were phantom shares, Melvin Capital and other hedge funds were so highly leveraged that it multiplies the possible possible losses. And plus, Melvin Capital's uh, brokerage, you know, the people they trade with are saying we need more uh, co- collateral from you in, in in case this goes south. You know, you have to be able to pay us to buy back. The shorted stock, yeah. and, and 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 what happens too is when they want to go buy buy it back, the stock the, is precious because it just drives up the stock even further. Uh, yes, and it and it's a uh, it's something that the the Hunt brothers who cornered the silver market so many years ago did could only dream about is uh, being a social media star and be able to get tens of thousands of investors to do essentially what is a nutty thing: pile yeah. into a pyramid scheme. And uh, you know, without a uh, without any forethought about the day of reckoning, uh, when everybody stampedes to the fire door, you well, know, I mean, to, but to the, in, in a certain sense, I mean, it, it makes you kind of. Uh, I'm glad that there's a group of people that can stand up to the hedge funds and, and uh, force their game, so to speak. I, I'm not sure that what they're doing is it, uh, that kind of looks like it's. Uh, 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 front running, doesn't it? A little bit when they say we're, they're just trying to drive up a, a worthless stock in order to uh, get people to pile well, it in. Looks like, it looks like pump and dump, but but uh, you know, as papers have pointed out, uh, the uh, in quotes legitimate investors do this all the time. You have head fund managers and asset managers on CNBC and mm-hmm. in Barrons, you know, always touting the, the positions that they're they're in. Right. Uh, when I was a journalist covering finance, short sellers always were were leaking to journalists 
uh, you know, they were always calling up and dumping on the companies they had shorted. So this goes on all the time. And these GameStop people were very open about it. They didn't violate any federal laws because it wasn't insider trading. They were posting screenshots of their holdings on the Internet for the entire world to see. It's a, it's a degree of transparency we've never seen before in the, in the stock market. That's so interesting. Uh, the, other, the other thing is, you know, all stock trades are, are cleared by clearinghouses. Uh, the biggest one is called the, the Depository Trust Clearing Corporation, which is a private company, very secretive. Uh, but if you look at data, they have a statistic, and you know about this, it's called fails to deliver. You know, stock trades are supposed to settle in two days, but a lot of short sales and a lot of uh, exchange-traded fund sales take 14 days to settle, mm. which is an enormous amount of time. Um, and the reason is they can't find the uh, the shares. They can't, especially the shorted shares. So they, they, they it takes fourteen, fifteen days to find it. Well, so you uh, know the, the the proper rules are in place. They just need to be enforced. Quite frankly, but in this this uh, ability to uh, short set shares that don't exist is just uh, it just shouldn't be done. So uh, you know they're trying to do the same thing with silver, uh, SLV, and with a real precious silver with the real metal. Uh, that seems pretty pretty courageous because apparently some of these uh, same hedge funds are shorting silver, or banks, I guess, are shorting silver. Ah, uh, yeah, the the little guy is going to be outsmarted at some time, and the, and they're going to get burned. Uh, what I find puzzling is that when you see interviews, in in the Wall Street Journal has done a, a spectacular job of covering the story. The people don't seem too the, the players don't seem too concerned about losing their money it's almost like uh, mm -hmm. uh the charge of the light brigade and and uh, they're kind of suicidal about the money they've invested in in the market they they just enjoy tormenting the uh the billionaire hedge funds so it's um you know it's a little bit people have called it occupy wall street 2.0 yeah but, you know the same same people who can't pitch tents on, on Wall Street uh, many years ago are now using the computer to, to protest. Um, so it's going to end badly for these people financially, but it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. Uh, some people are calling for more regulation, quite frankly. I think, what, what, in my view, we've got too many regulations already in the stock market. And, uh, we sh and I'll give you an example. is uh, Having to announce that uh, you're, you can't sell until you announce that... Uh, if, you, if you're, uh, for example, an insider, you have to hold the stock and have to go through a process in order to sell it. You know, just uh, when, when uh, people who own the stock and own or sell the stock, that's a signal, isn't it, to investors? They sh shouldn't be limited. To, and and having, quarter, having quarterly reports, mandatory quarterly reports, that is foolish, too, because it puts too much emphasis on the short term. Yeah, now I'm a libertarian concerning markets. I, I believe the Securities and Exchange Commission should be eliminated. Right. And the uh, Commodities Future Trading Corporation should be the overall regulator because the SEC is captive of lawyers. And so it just, it just keeps on cranking out regulations, yep. which add a huge cost to the market. Yep. Whereas the CFTC says this is an objective we want. We want this sort of investor protection. And they leave it up to the industry to come up with a uh, solution. They ride herd on the industry to make sure it's it's not a yeah. false solution. And let me tell you, when they, when they come up with their, after the horse is out of the barn, when they come up to the new regulations that come to them, it just makes life more difficult for the honest people that are doing business because the crooks continue to behave like crooks. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's a self, uh, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Jim McTagg, again, I always we had something else to talk about. I'm so happy we talked about this. It was so informative. Thank you. So, and again, I want to remind our listeners of the two great murder mysteries. Uh, uh, sh follow the leader, followed by Shake the Money Tree. Two great reads. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, Bob. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Always appreciate your comments. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you'd like to be on the distribution list for my newsletter I send out after each show. Again, bobharden at hotmail.com. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andy Joppa. He's a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. And Larry Bell, one of the smartest guys I know. He's a professor, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books. His latest is How Everything Happened, Including Us. 
I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>